Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Sportive. It's it's episode two hundred and three. I'm I'm John Marthaler. We're missing we're missing Brandon today, who's on vacation, and we're missing Clarence because it's not the middle of the night, and so Clarence has other things that he needs to be doing. Uh, we will be we will be saving some time for Clarence to apologize to Tom Thibodeau later, anyway, as per Brandon's request for this episode. But with me this week, actually here is Stu. Hey, John, how's it going? That, that that was a good specific intro. I, I think we don't even need Brandon. Brandon doesn't even need to be here. We're doing so well without him already. <laughs> We're a mess. No, there's no... Don't lie to Wade. I mean, he's he's going to see right through that. He knows us. Yeah, Wade knows. So, Wade knows what's going on. Yeah. We're going to... We're going to talk Gopher Hoops. We're going to talk Twins. I think we'll probably talk Loons because Stu is Mr. Soccer and... We we may even get to some Timberwolves basketball, and we're gonna embarrass a Central Minnesotan later later in this episode as well. But I want to start with the Wild Steel. You're Mister Puck. Yes. Tell people how you got yes, the I designation, Mister Puck. Um, I got the designation, Mister Puck, for my deep, thorough, and rapidly evolving knowledge of the sport of hockey. Right. For example, did you know when you score a point in hockey, it's a goal, not a hockey point? That I'm. That's why they call you Mr. Puck. It's statements exactly. like that. I, I, I called him. I called him hockey points. But even the guy called Mr. Puck can learn that they're actually called goals. I remember when and you called them hockey runs for a while. Hockey runs. Well, I mean, that even making runs as a as a term in baseball is sort of nonsensical anyway. But extending it to hockey was just ridiculous, too. Well, I mean, you know, I did call them the hockey Vikings for quite a while. So there's, <laughs> you know, um, I'll never forget yeah, so the. I'll never forget the looks you got at New Bohemia during, a, I, I believe it was the Wild and the Blackhawks in the playoffs, and you yes. sat at the bar yes. yelling, Go Vikings! And yes. the number of people who turned and stared at you confusedly was one of the particular delights of that night for me. Yeah, it was a good night. <laughs> that was a good night. But I, I do want to talk about the Wild. They they just ended our long national nightmare of them losing 8 out of 10 games. They beat San Jose last night. And now, of course, they've lost eight out of 11 games. But I think the most important thing is to that we have some time right now for you to apologize to me, but especially to Dave. So go ahead. The floor is yours. Um, I'm ha- I, 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 let me just say that I'm happy for Dave. I'm glad that regression happened. I know that's something he's been waiting for all season. And I'm just I'm happy for him. I don't, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm more happy than sorry. I'm glad that he's happy that the wild fell on their face. <laughs> I'm thrilled. I'm so, I'm thrilled for him, to be honest. Would you like to apologize? Falling apart. Can you apologize? Are you willing to apologize now for any of the personal slanders you levied against Dave? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Steve, I've that's been why I like you. With Clarence consistent. for far too long to apologize for anything. To apologize, he has taught me the error. Just plow right through. The only way out is through, as Clarence has told us by example, time and time again. So, for for those listeners who might be new listeners, we haven't had a new listener since episode one. But even so, if there was a new listener, what we're referring to here is. Uh, a, a mid-season bit in which I noted that the Wild, if you looked at the underlying numbers of the Wild, based on how many shots they were taking and what their shooting percentage was and what their save percentage was, I noted that the Wild weren't actually playing that well, but were winning a lot of games. A, a note for which I was round mocked and ridiculed. Clarence likes to say that he was mocked and ridiculed. Usually it's the result of people 
slightly disagreeing with or broadly agreeing with him that he seems to take in mocking and ridicule. But in this case, it actually was mocking and ridicule for many, many episodes, for weeks and weeks. I was mocked and ridiculed for noting that the Wild had a incredibly high shooting percentage relative to the rest of the league and had an incredibly high save percentage of the rest of the league. And over time, these things tend to come back to the middle. Then... All of a sudden, all at once in March, it has come back to the middle, and now the apologies, I assume, will flow. They haven't started flowing yet, but I assume that if I open up Twitter any day now, people who criticized me for talking about numbers in January will be filling my Twitter inbox. I guess there's no inbox in Twitter. Twitter mentions with apologies. So far, it hasn't um, has happened, this, but it could happen any day, any day now. Um, I assume, with your doomsaying and Dave's glee at failure, uh, that the Wild have now fallen way down in the playoff um, seedings. <laughs> I assume they're like seven, they're like sixth or seventh right now. Right, they haven't made the playoffs yet, Stu. Let's not count our chickens before they've hatched. Their magic okay, number so is sure. two. Okay. They have I know 10 they games were, to uh, go. Their magic number is were, two they points. Were, they, were, they were battling with their, their nemeses, the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. And um, I know they're behind, well behind them now, but I yes, assume they've fallen well behind many other teams as well. Is that correct? Uh, well, this is why they call you Mr. Pucks, too. I'm, I'm going to let you in on a secret. They haven't fallen behind any other teams. But wait a minute. You're, you're ain't, you, you want people to apologize oh, to you for the wild failing? I don't want to... Uh, Stu has reduced me to spluttering Let already me, on this podcast. Up. Oh my! Okay, I just I I happen to have a computer. Um, in this, <laughs> I happen uh, to have office. an internet connection at my home. They're they're in second place, John. Yeah, and as Clarence has already That's pointed really out, good. They they're in I, second I don't know place what to say. after losing. They've lost eight of eleven, and they're still in second place. That's good, I guess. Would you rather? <laughs> would you rather the swoon happened in the playoffs? You want them to be I mean, playing as would. poorly as possible would, when the playoffs but, start? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. Is that what you would rather they did? What you're What you're hoping is that the team is cratering as the playoffs start. I think that's well, what that's... you've been saying all along. Um, no, I think what I've been saying is that you've just—it's a long season, John. There's going to be ebbs and now it's a short season. There's going to be apogees and nadirs. It's going to happen. The funny thing is, that's what I said, which I was then mocked and ridiculed for. That I said there would be apogees. I would have to. I I I don't I don't recall any of that, and I'm certain (laughs) that had I said anything like that, that I was clearly out of my right mind at the time. The the kind of impressive thing about the Wilds last month is that the very opposite has been true from a numbers perspective. For for most of the season, if you look at their numbers October through February, they they were the fourth worst team in the league in Corsi. They had the second highest shooting percentage and the fourth highest save percentage, which translated on to, to making them the second quote-unquote luckiest team in the league behind Washington. Now, I think there's a lot of arguments to be made that some of those numbers aren't necessarily representative of what the actual truth was and the, yeah, well, the psych- Corsi, Corsi doesn't take into account heart and want to right <laughs> that's true I, you don't okay. find want to eh, you might find want to in here just based on okay. some of this expected goal stuff I the the site that I often go to is a site called Corsica I think it's Corsica.hockey I don't know who runs the dot .hockey top, top level domain but props to you sir <laughs> Corsica.hockey Corsica.hockey <laughs> Is it like a pirate? It sounds <laughs> it sounds like a joke. It sounds like the kind of thing that Ron Gardenhire, if he was a hockey coach, would have said, like, why don't you go to Corsi.hockey and type that into your internet machine? But in as a matter of fact, this is the actual site. They wow. they have a they have a stat called expected goals, and the wild were always pretty good there, which I think probably speaks to the the people who would criticize sort of these underlying numbers by saying that you have to take into account the quality of shots and not just the sheer count of shots. So th- that always sort of was going against the wild. But the point I was trying to get to was that in March, if you look at their numbers, their numbers are amazing. They're one of the best teams in the league in terms of taking shots and preventing shots. It's just that they have the second worst save percentage in the league and the third worst shooting percentage, which means they're off the charts bad in terms of unluckiness, in terms of P 
PDO is the stat we use that, which is just the sum total of your shooting percentage and your save percentage. And the theory is that they'll always add up to about 100, and they'll always rest to about 100, but the Wild is 94, and nobody else in the league is even within a point of them. So they've just been sort of ridiculous on the bottom end in March, which is an sort of the exact reversal of the rest of the season. So the the point that I'm trying to get to here is just as it was not necessarily that good when everything was not wine and roses when the Wild were winning every game by a goal or in overtime, it's not all bad here. They're not playing as badly as the score indicates, if, if you see what I mean. So I guess I what I'm saying is, Stu, it's time to get optimistic. I know you weren't optimistic the rest of the year, but it's time to get optimistic. Oh, I'm I've 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 remained calm. The bandwagon's gotten a little emptier. I mean, I've noticed that. That's true. But I've I'm just sitting here riding it. I I think Clarence was trying to make this point on Twitter the other day, and much as I hate to quote Clarence, he he was saying that a lot of the times the Wilds play seems to sort of follow how Devin Dubnik's playing, and I think there's something to that in that when Dubnik's playing out of his mind it's easy for the wild, the whole rest of the team to stand a couple inches taller, if you see what I mean. And it seems like the goals yeah. go in a little easier. When it feels like you have to win every game one to nothing or two to one, then everybody starts gripping the stick a little tighter, so to speak, to use a, to it's, use a cliche that sounds, it's like a, sounds it's a like little a football dirtier. Defense. See, yeah. It's like a football defense compensating for a lousy quarterback. It's, you know, right. exactly. that type of thing. Yeah. So it, it, it does all seem to feed on itself. Dubnik hasn't, hasn't been playing that well, nor is Darcy Kemper, but I, I think yeah. everyone knows that Darcy Kemper will play as little as possible for yes. probably yes. the rest of the season. Well, if not the playoffs, I guess you look at the wild schedule, they have 10 games left and seven of them are with pretty bad teams, including a and run I'm, right I'm, at the I'm, end where I think they play Colorado. That's terrible. Arizona. That's terrible. And then Colorado again. So, Theoretically, if they're within striking distance of the Blackhawks at the end of the season, they have a chance of still catching them. But Chicago has won, I don't know the actual number, but I'm going to say 23 games in a row in March. They've played every every night, and they've won every game. And That's, so, you know, they're a good team. There's no shame in losing to the Chicago Blackhawks. Oh, there's much shame in losing to the Blackhawks, well, Steel. Well, I mean, they're good. I mean, I hate them very much. Just, well, I know everyone hates them. But. Good. As long as we're on the same page there, I think we're fine. So I'd like to thank you for apologizing. I, I know that that was tough for you, but your your oh. your apology really made me feel a lot better. And I'm sure Dave will finally climb out of the mental institution he's been in since you drove him there with all of your podcast and Twitter comments. <laughs> he wrote regression in his own blood on the side of a padded cell. <laughs> Stu and Clarence have just bullied him into this. I <laughs> uh, love you, Dave. Um, so yeah, that's the wild. You got anything else on the wild, Mr. Puck? Uh, not that I can think of. Um, are most of those, uh, final 10 games at home? I honestly don't know the breakdown between home and road. Okay. Just checking. I figured that might be helpful. That might be the kind of thing we could look up with our internet machines, but I'm not interested. Are you? Yeah. I have no, no, no real interest and I don't have anything else to say on the wild other than go wild. So this is what I want to want to ask you about next, Stu. You watched a okay. lot more Gopher hoops than I did this year, and by a lot I more, I mean six you watched games, baby. About two hundred times more than I did, and the only excuse yeah. I can offer is that I have a six-month-old child. So yes. very valid excuse. Here is my first question: Are you happy overall with how things turned out? Um, let's see. I'm happy that they made the tournament, that they at least seem to spark a revival of what we have talked about many times, one of the best tickets in town. And I missed the game entirely because I forgot it was on. <laughs> Giles reminded me. Giles from Giles and the Goaltender podcast. I uh, had no idea it was on, so that that was a uh, that was nice. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Giles. Appreciate um, that, but I mean, I think, and I think they got, and I know that they lost a couple players along the way towards the end. There, can't remember their names because again, Akeem, I watched Akeem Springs is the games. guy you're thinking of. Akeem there Springs go. Yeah. is the guy they went down and hurt their depth yeah. significantly by being out. Yeah, exactly. And if I recall right, a fair. I mean, obviously, I have no idea who's all going early 
to the N- NBA, but I think they have a fair amount of guys returning yeah, for I don't, next year. So do they even have? I do they have any seniors? Maybe one senior? Yeah, something like that. They maybe maybe one. I mean, it might have finally been Ernest Igamazabo's final year of eligibility. <laughs> and oh no, got Ernest has got at least two years left. Working on his fourteenth so doctorate. <laughs> um. So yeah, I think they're, they it was the step in the right direction, and I can't tell you that it's sustainable or not because I just don't know enough about it. Um. I just know that they're young and they're hungry and they're back for more. <laughs> oh yeah. What? Here's my question about this year. As as this sort of fades into the memory, you start forgetting all the all the stuff about this year. What will you remember about this year when you look back at on on it in a couple of years? Like, oh, twenty seventeen, they went to the tournament, they lost to Middle Tennessee State. Uh, what else? Um, biggest turnaround in program history. Uh, disappointing exit. I watched six games, which is probably five more than I had watched in the previous ten seasons, roughly. <laughs> combined or so that'll be what i remember that i actually like you know a couple of times during the season is like hey i wonder if the gophers are on tonight boy that I is i wonder what channel they're on that is, Which a is major i mean step forward that is it totally is um because i mean you know as well as anybody how great it used to be and how absolutely oh yeah tits up dead it's been so i mean i <laughs> it's hard it's hard to be oh sophie oh our, someone's ringing our doorbell here please hold <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm going to leave this into the podcast episode for sure because I want people to know that Sophie is an excellent guard dog. I, I think it's important that of all the podcast dogs, Sophie is one of the best guard dogs for sure. And plus, you, you have your other podcasts. You got your Brit Brower podcast that everyone loves the appearance of the dog on the Brit Brower podcast. It's usually a highlight of about the one hour mark. Of the Brit Brower, where <laughs> Brit and Brit and David have worked themselves into a lather over the latest Donald Trump styling, and then the dog comes in and everything's fine. Hey, again. I'm, so uh, hey, I'm back. <laughs> well, you'll be happy to know, Stu, that I I riffed about the dog for about. It felt like I I haven't checked the timing on this, but it felt <laughs> like about 19 minutes. So I've yeah. been talking about um, dogs since then. So we we lost nothing. We lost nothing okay, in that good. podcast. Good, good. We can fix it in post. No, I'm not going to fix it in post. Um, Whenever our doorbell rings, our dog loses her goddamn mind. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just one of those, you know, hey, we're doing landscaping and tree trimming in the area. If you're interested, you can get a free estimate. So um, I I said I appreciate it. They gave me a little. It's uh, Nature's Way Tree and Landscaping, owner Chris Gustafson. So you know he's from here. Oh, yeah. Um, Trimming, topping, hedge trimming, removal. Storm cleanup, stump grinding, free mulch, black dirt, trees and shrubs, retaining walls, boulders, sod and seed, water ponds, irrigation. Wow. That, again, is Nature's Way, Tree and Landscape. Dial it back a little bit, Chris. Yeah. Promise (laughs) two things, not 25 things. You don't have a menu with 400 things That's a lot of shit to landscape. I mean, that's like, you know. Stick to what you know. Chip and Joanna would have a hard time getting all that done in one episode of... um, (laughs) Fixer yep. upper, so Chip I and Joanna property, the property yeah. brothers. Yeah. So anyway, we were talking about gopher basketball, right? We were talking about gopher basketball. So here's and my final I gopher said, basketball. I, okay. My final gopher basketball postmortem question for next season, for the 2017-2018 season, I want you to rank your excitement on our patented sportive six to midnight scale. For next season. For next season. Um, eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. That's not bad. I mean, nothing, not real excited, but somewhat excited. No, somewhat, yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, when the season comes around again, I remember, oh, yeah, they were pretty good last year. So what will what will your excitement level be when Richard Pitino leverages this half-decent season into a job that he considers better somewhere in the SEC? Uh, back to about 630, 645. I assume they'll hire, let's say, Dan Monson as his replacement? Yeah, he's available. <laughs> he's ready to coach. Just say the word. Yep. He's got his own whistle. Yep. Hire many time. Dan Monson, tree landscaping, koi ponds, stump grinding, black dirt, retaining walls. Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, would you like to say anything about house cleaners that may have wronged you? This might be another good medium to criticize those uh, people as well. 
No, most uh, most house cleaners are fine. That I know of. I've never actually hired one. <laughs> All right. Good talk. This has been a good what, talk. Are you, oh, are you talking about you talking about my joke tweet from yesterday? Yeah, I'm talking about your joke tweet. Oh yeah, no, I that was a joke. I never, we've never actually done that. I just wanted to make a. <laughs> I had that dumb ass pun sitting in the back of my head for like a week, and I was just going to send it to like Mac Wilson or somebody, but then I realized the rest of the internet should suffer too. So I actually <laughs> made a threaded tweet about that dumb joke. So all right, well, I, so I'm glad that we got that onto the podcast. Yeah, yeah. All right, so sorry about enough go for hoops. That's probably enough over hoops. Um, yeah. I think my next question is, what was your favorite memory of the Ryan Vogel song era with the Twins? Um, I th- my favorite memory of it was when, about a week ago, um, when people were at least speculating that he might be the fifth starter. Right. Which was, which was some of the funniest, like, wait a minute, it's, it's, is it 2008? <laughs> what? What? How? Who? Why? When? Yeah. Terry Ryan is really still running this team, isn't he? So it was, and it sounds like that's that's what he was pushing for, right? And that's the reason <laughs> they gave him his release was because they wanted him to be a reliever because oh. apparently Falvey and Levine are you know at least smart enough to know that like no we're not we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna do that. I would that would be insane. I would have loved to be. In Paul Molitor's office, I assume that either Falvey or Levine was probably there, too. I would have loved to be mm. in that office when they said, Ryan, we really want you to try to get ready for the season as a bullpen arm. We're thinking about mm. you as maybe a long man out of the bullpen if you make the squad. We're thinking about maybe you pitching a triple-A. I know that you haven't had a lot of success in starting rotations over the past few years, and so... We really thought that this would be a good way for you to sort of get back into the major league game. And I would have loved to sit there and look at Ryan Vogelsong's face as he said, no, I'm not interested in that. I literally would rather have you fire me than even think about not starting the game in the first inning. I guarantee they put the papers in front of him before he finished the sentence. Yep. <laughs> yeah. uh, go ahead and sign There's... here and here. We've got it X'd out already. We've filled in all the details. Yep. Please yep. never come back. Yeah. Call yeah, call Breslow in. Tell him he's on the forty man now. <laughs> leave your uniform at your locker. Uh, we will pick yep. it up. Don't try to leave with it. We so, have your phone number and your address, and we will talk yes. to your agent. That is our. Yes. That is Twins property. Don't. Yes. <laughs> and uh, we won't validate your parking. So today you're going to have to go ahead and pay the guy in the lot on the way out. So that's I, yeah. I think we have we have the same favorite memory of the Ryan Vogel song era. Is this is there any chance this feels like progress to you? It feels somewhat like progress to me in that they didn't do the most twins thing possible. What's the uh, line from The Simpsons when um, Homer actually does something right for a change, but it's not that great? And Bart says, "I don't feel pride," and it's more like less shame. So we are <laughs> the twins have achieved achieved the uh, success level of less shame. Right. Cuz as soon as Trevor May got hurt, everyone was like, "Ah, oh, Ryan Vogel's yep. song is going to be the fifth starter, isn't he?" Isn't he? Yep. Cuz yep. we've been burned yep. before cuz that's what would have yes. happened under Terry Ryan. Correct. Correct. So now we're down what to what you do. Uh, it's a uh, Duffy and um oh shoot. Uh Adalberto Mejia. Yeah, he apparently right. I forgot he even existed as a human. Yeah, that man. was the guy from that's who we traded for Squidward, right? Yeah, I think that's or right. Got for Squidward. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's what you, and that's what I mean when you're a team like the Twins, you that's who gets the fifth spot as a young guy with potential, even if it isn't very good potential. Right. That's, and Jose Barrios you don't has put to be Ryan Vogelsong there. That's insane <laughs> to put Ryan Vogelsong there. It would be it the just stupidest possible good. thing to do. Was putting it just Ryan Vogelsong do any good, there, which is why we I all like. Yes, I guarantee three years ago, Terry Ryan's in charge. That's what would have happened. Yep. They would have got to have the, he's a veteran. He's crafty. He knows what he's doing out there. He'll pick the boys up <laughs> literally because, you know, he, he'll shower, be showered and clean by the fourth inning and <laughs> he can drive people somewhere at yep. the end of the game. He's so. just out on, he's out doing Uber for the last three innings. Of exactly. The game. <laughs> just making a little money for the franchise. He's a yeah, little, little, little side gig for him. So yeah. yeah I so think, where are you guys headed today? <laughs> So, yeah, um, the Twins have achieved the level of less shame 
It's not good, but it's better than it was. I, hooray for less shame. Yeah, hooray, hooray for not doing the stupidest thing possible. Now, if we could get in a time machine and all go back and not pick up Hector Santiago's option, that, I feel like that would be Oy. that would be yeah. a advancement as well. Because you got yes, Duffy, you got why. Barrios, and right now only one of them could be in the starting rotation. I don't understand yeah. that at all. I mean, you could get rid of Mr. Mediocrity Kyle Gibson, but they don't seem inclined to do that either. So He's having the best spring of his career, John. Well, I, I, I'm excited. Are you? <laughs> I was just glad to see best, best spring of his career come across <laughs> the, the internet transom here not too long ago. So I was like, oh, that's, that's great. That always means something. So when he gets absolutely shelled, because yep. he's the third starter this year, yeah, hit the, that third starter, he'll just get ruined. So it'll, it's hard it'll to happen. figure out who the third starter is. We know who the number one starter is. That's Santana. Mm-hmm. And after that, mm-hmm. you've got three number four starters. Yep. And then one of the young guys that the twins should be seeing what they have with should be to who should be the fourth and the fifth. But you know what are you gonna do? What is, so? Hey, at least we're at least no Vogel sign. Less shame. That's what we're going yeah. for here. Yeah, less, less shame. shame. Hooray for less shame. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, it'll probably Gibson or Santiago will be two or three of them in that order. If I had to guess, and yeah, I I don't know. Right. I just want to be happy again. That would be nice. It, it's funny. We sort of, when we were coming up with the rundown for this podcast, it sort of was like, well, that's depressing. That's depressing. That's also depressing. Maybe we need something. Maybe we need something else to talk about. What else can we talk about? Uh, are you ex- I, Here's my next question for you. Are you excited for your not, no longer zero points Minnesota United soccer team still? They oh. did not win a game. They didn't um, win a game, but they tied a game. They didn't. And that's they tied a game, a man, game. Um, on the road, a man down. Right. That's good. They scored two goals against Colorado, which actually is kind of an accomplishment. That's Yeah, it's a total accomplishment. Of course, as you pointed out, <laughs> the other expansion franchise won four to nothing on the same day. So <laughs> It's... Going back now, it's not funny exactly, but right before the season started, I was on I was on a radio show at the same time as Nick Rogers, who's Minnesota United's president, and yes. the person who was hosting this show asked asked him about Minnesota's lack of big ticket signings, specifically in the context of that Atlanta had sort of made a big splash in signing some big name guys, whereas Minnesota hadn't done anything of the sort, and. Mr. Rogers was at at pains to point out that there have been a number of teams who spent big on big name players in MLS and have done very poorly. And there've been a number of teams who haven't spent big on big name players and have done well, which is true. Those are, those are very true things, but it seems like that might be the exception to the rule more than the actual rule. Like spending extra money on good players doesn't actually hurt your team and spending nothing (laughs) on bad players doesn't actually help your team. And, that's sort of what we've seen so far. Three games is not it's not a, exactly a, a a big sample size to be basing a lot of actual opinions on. But so far, Minnesota has looked terrible, like one of the worst MLS teams of all time. And Atlanta has been world beaters. They beat the crap out of Minnesota six to one. They went to Chicago. Chicago's terrible, but they beat them four to nothing. And Atlanta's looking like not only a playoff team but a potential contender for the top of the Eastern Conference. Whereas Minnesota, every every other team in the Western Conference is already penciled in a W next to Minnesota on their schedule for the rest of the year. So it doesn't get any easier this week. Uh, Minnesota's missing a bunch of guys who are off playing for international teams. They might not actually have enough defenders to play all defenders in their back four. So that's good. Your guy, Justin Davis, got suspended for a red card, Stu. <laughs> I know. We were just talking about that. Yep. <laughs> So um, he's actually, I think, and people may know this already. He's done like, you know, we've been like interacting with him for my job on Twitter. He's kind of been like, you know, kind of like friendly with Surly and stuff like that. We're trying to figure out, you know, some sort of promotions to run with him, and now he's got a red card and can't play. So <laughs> we may just, if he doesn't, if he doesn't go on the trip to New England, we might just invite him over to the brewery and see yep. if he wants to hang out or something. Drink with Justin so, Davis. That's that's your yeah. that's your Saturday yeah. activity. Same. 
yeah, no, we did a, we had, he's a total, you know, he's absolutely like, you know, a guy, he's like from, I think a suburb of Phoenix and he's like played soccer all his life. So he's one of the, one of those type of like, you know, pac 10 type athlete guys. So I think he played it from New Mexico. I want to say New Mexico or New Mexico state. Yeah. Yeah. New Mexico. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. Went to Phoenix. Then I went, he, I think he's a Lobo. Yes. I think he's a Lobo. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. We love our Lobos here. That's right. That New Mexico soccer so. pipeline. That's New Mexico to Minnesota. Right. That's what we do here. <laughs> <laughs> I think there is actually somewhat of a story to that, but I don't want to get every fact wrong, which is what I do if I tried to remember yeah. it off the top of my head. So I'm just going to leave it there, and maybe I could actually research it someday for a potentially boring, even more boring podcast episode than this one. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I – Six to midnight, would you say you're even below six on Minnesota United right now, Stu? Um, as a corporate partner of my employer, I like to say that I'm fully at midnight. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm sorry for putting you in a difficult spot there. So it's a great uh, franchise, and I am thrilled to, to be a partner with them. And please show up at Surly on April 1 for the next home game against Real Salt Lake. I will say, and this is not just chilling for Surly, although as the official unofficial podcast of uh, official unsanctioned i think that's what we said podcast official of surly unofficial brewing. unsanctioned podcast of surly brewing i wasn't i wasn't there for the opener there was there was sort of a snafu and then it was snowing and cold and i couldn't convince my wife and my sister-in-law that what they really wanted to do was stand outside and drink beer for a couple hours before the game <laughs> but I did hear a number of people who went to Surly or stopped by Surly just to see, and they all had nothing but glowing things to say about the whole event. So yeah, it, it was I, pretty. It was a pretty good time. Based on all of those glowing statements from from people I like and trust, I would say that if you're not going to Surly and you maybe you're not bringing your wife and your sister in law when it's 12 degrees outside, you probably should go to Surly before the game. Yeah, um, yeah, we're having the same type of setup. We're doing the march to the stadium with a brass band. We got a live, gonna have live music there. Wait a uh, sec, I don't know anything about this else? brass band. There's an actual, there's a like the music yes, band. You get a, we have a five piece brass band, and they uh, play, you know, basically, you know, your your New Orleans line, um, second line type of march music. Right. Uh, so there's there's a little bit of funk to it. Um, Hundred and one cornets. Yeah, Right behind. Pretty much, and and march on the Greenway from our brewery to TCF Bank Stadium. Right. And it's pretty, yeah, it was pretty good. It was really, I mean, it was obviously the walk home um, or walk (laughs) back to the brewery in the driving snowstorm was a lot less fun without a band. After watching Minnesota lose 6-1. to Yeah, well, I left at 3-0. I was not going to stick around for any more. It just was like, this is, my beer is freezing. It's cold. And yeah, so. But um, yeah, it's a good time, and I think people should go if they like to do fun things. And um, is it real Salt Lake or Real Salt Lake, John? Uh, I'm afraid to tell you that it's Real Salt Lake, even though that would be using the Spanish pronunciation <laughs> of a word of a team that has nothing to do with Spanish or the Spanish language of any kind. It's by far, I, I don't think, there are a lot of bad names in professional sports. But Real Salt Lake has to be just sort of off in a discussion by itself. Like, if you were coming up with the worst name for another team, you'd be like, well, there's Real Salt Lake. Obviously, they're number one. But who's number two? What's funny? Now you see what's funny, John, is that I'd argue that's not even the worst one in town because that's home of the Utah Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> and unless the unless the Osmonds had a jazz record at some point, I don't think it just it just doesn't work. I, I, but yeah, I, Utah has uh, they, uh, their college teams are right, fine. The Utes, I mean, that's that's perfect. Yep, but um, that's good. That's allowable. But that, exactly. But yeah, I their still would argue teams are a little. Weird. That if you if you're talking about names that don't belong with the place they're going to be, Real Salt Lake is still stupider than the Utah Jazz. <laughs> it just is. I, I, I'll, we'll have to agree or disagree on that. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Uh, do you have anything else sports related? Because otherwise, we're just going to talk about your life. So this is your chance to this um, is your chance to we, make it make it happen. Did we talk about Latavius Murray last week? Uh, I don't remember talking about Latavius Murray, but it was about it was about one thirty in the morning as we were recording the podcast. As I yeah. recall, so yeah, 
I yeah, I don't think we was it. Uh, God, I can't remember when we recorded last week. Was I even on last week's podcast? <laughs> I don't remember. Wade, I go ahead either. and fact check that. Was was yeah, Stu I, on I last week's podcast? Um, yeah, I don't I think we've talked talked much about the Vikings free agent signings. Would you Would you care to comment on any of them? Um, I'm thrilled that Latavius Murray is the running back instead of Adrian Peterson. That's true. Um, I have no idea. He he's not as good of a running back as Adrian Peterson, but I heard he's blocked before <laughs> he's, and caught a pass out of the backfield before. And I think and this is important. Horrible off field, horrible off field issues that make you just feel dirty inside whenever you cheer for him. I don't know anything so, about Latavius um, Murray, but as far I don't as either. I know, he does not as have off field issues that will make me conflicted about yes. yelling positive things in his direction. Yes, so. On those on the on those three uh, standards, I approve of the signing. Yeah. I rate this an A plus plus. Um, yes, I'm 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 happy with the signing. So there, and that's then, my Latavius Murray. Do you think take. we mentioned the two tackles, the two really bad tackles they signed? Yes, that I remember talking about that for mm, sure. Good. All right. Well, I just we, had, we, had, we had Clarence on the we had Clarence on the show. I think you could actually hear him put a hair shirt on while he was <laughs> talking about it, and he's just. The the anger and the sorrow in his voice. Yep. That was just yeah. Yep. That's the correct response. So. And if you had another response, then you're probably Wabi. Rich I assume Wabi yeah. was real positive, but everyone oh, yeah. else who actually know knew anything about <laughs> Mike Remmers or Riley Reeve hated it and hated yes. it with good reason. And yeah. the Vikings are going to be terrible and it's all Rick Spielman's fault. Sure thing. All right. So now that we've now that we've managed to spend about a half hour talking about sports, I want to when coming up for topics for this podcast, I couldn't think of anything to do but sort of turn this into an NPR style interview of Stu because these days a lot of the times I'm in the car and I need my daughter to go to sleep and nothing puts her to sleep better than NPR news and pretty often they're just interviewing somebody interesting and Stu is the as a local interesting person is the nearest we could come up with was for somebody to actually interview. So we're, we're going to call this segment making an outstate Minnesotan uncomfortable talking about themselves. So look for a lot of stammering from Stu, a lot of uh, more, more, more stammering than usual, which is right. probably horrifying to the, to the listener, <laughs> to the, the listener who is currently taking out his headphones and being like, Nope, I'm, I'm done with nope, this. Nope. Clarence isn't going to yell at Brandon. Nope. Yep. I'm out. You all should know that all day today, Clarence and Brandon have been going back and forth on email, arguing about the Timberwolves, which then spilled over into Twitter. And I I can't Mm -hmm. tell you how delightfully it was, but if they want to bring that to the podcast masses, they're going to have to record their own podcast because neither one of them's here. (laughs) It was just, it was like, it was like watching a train wreck in slow motion because Brandon is on vacation and Clarence just, you know, said the (laughs) one thing about uh carl anthony towns that i mean he's a he's a goddamn chess master i mean he just <laughs> made that he just moved he just moved the pawn and it just it was, i mean he's brandon is on vacation in arizona and i guarantee the next 36 hours he's going to be like arguing with clarence about this or thinking about things he can come back at him with and clarence yeah. is going to be sitting there in cannon falls drinking a miller high life you know just not just thinking about any of this open not up the phone at all. six emails 14 <laughs> tweets Yep. Just smiles to himself, put the phones right just down. Just smiling to himself. He'll dip just, I mean, I mean, he'll be, I should correct that statement. He won't be having a Miller High Life because he'll probably be driving one of his seven kids to some sort of extracurricular right. activity after school. To one of their But many. then he'll, he will get, once he get home, gets home at about 1230 in the morning from hockey practice, he'll <laughs> allow himself the luxury of a Miller High Life and then <laughs> maybe fire, maybe oh, fire God. off a tweet or two at Brandon and go to bed and sleep the sleep of angels. <laughs> That's the clearance way. All right, here's what I want to go back to. I want to know how you got your start as a regional internet humorist. As an internet humorist? Yeah. Let's um I don't know where the story starts. For me, it kind of starts in the Randball comments section a little bit, or arguably at the Minnesota Daily. But where does it start for you? The Randball comments section. That's were you doing any form of writing before the Randball comments section? No. It just, how did you find the Randball comment section? Let's start with that then. Um, I was reading Deadspin and that Will Leach put up a, uh, like a link saying, hey, the Star Trip's hip to the sports blog thing now. Mike Rand has started his own 
under the strip umbrella called Randball. It's Minnesota emphasis. And, and you being from Minnesota. Checked it out. And, and, um, and it was love at first. I never sight. got any. Yeah. And, and I never got any comments through on Deadspin because I just wasn't, you know, that insanely witty as, you know, or just horribly mean as those guys were, even though I'm, you know, I wouldn't say I'm insanely witty, but I am horribly mean. So I had that. <laughs> I just couldn't quite get the wit to what it needed to be. But at uh, the star trip, I was fine. So, yeah, um, there was a very so, low yeah, bar I, for those of us at, at the rainbow yeah, comment yeah. section. Well, I mean, just, I, I, I didn't mention Hitler in my comments. So they thought I was really fucking clever. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, I just started, you know, commenting at uh, Ramball. I think, and I think you and I were some of the first. We were among couple the, of people there. We, I think, sort of our podcast was among the first people there. I can't, I can't yeah. entirely remember all of the all of the people who uh, spent too uh, much super time rookie. there. But, I know yep. the super rookie was there. Yep, Dave um, M. Dave Rosen, he yep. was there. Yep, yep. Um, oh God, there's one other one I can't. Uh, Rough Cat, I think of it. Rough cat, there we go. Yep, and uh, Aaron Kirsch, I think, was also there. Yep, it was, it was a good crew. I, I think at the time when he was starting that blog on the Star Tribune, Mike Rand got a number of his friends to comment because he was afraid that no one would comment, and he was quickly <laughs> inundated with losers yes. like us, <laughs> yes, who had nothing better to, to just... do than comment one thousand times a day. For those of us who like just couldn't handle Rube chat because the Rubes. <laughs> It sort of became a little pocket where people who could, you know, write in complete sentences could right. just hang out and, and bitch about, you know, Brian Dozier or something. I don't know. <laughs> Rick Spielman, so, even then, it was just talking about even how then. Rick Spielman should be in prison. God, we hate that guy from the Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> that guy sucks. I hope the Vikings would never hire. No, they'd never be that stupid, et cetera, and so on. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's honestly, God, that's where you started there in college. So, but I just had never really. What did you I write had in kids college? And got a real job and didn't really. Pardon? What did you write in college? I wrote for the St. Cloud State Chronicle, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, at least the second best, potentially the second best student newspaper. Now, here's a question: Didn't Brandon write for the UMD Fighting Bulldog or yeah. whatever the yeah, <laughs> newspaper he was, is? He there? was like their wasn't he their sports reporter? I think that's right. So we are well. We know Clarence never. Probably wrote for the Carlton, whatever Carlton is, or wherever he went to college. But the the Carlton, uh, the Carlton mattered sports enthusiast, <laughs> <laughs> right? I, as far as we know, Clarence never did that. But for the rest of us, that's three for three for people who wrote for their college newspapers in some regard, yeah. and then became yeah. frustrated frustrated internet commenters. Yes. So you start there. You're quickly sort of snapped up as a regular contributor to Ramball. How did the yes. hunt down start? Um, let's see. Ramball wanted me to write some content for them so he could actually do his job and yep. still have content on his blog. And I believe somebody had asked whatever happened to Shane Heal, the uh, Australian three-point specialist from the right. Timberwolves. Right. And he, like, did that, but he kept – and he kept getting a whole bunch of requests after that published. Right. And he said, you know, if you want to write about this and you can just handle these requests as they come in um, or just start looking guys up because you seem to have a pretty <laughs> good knowledge of of long long since past uh, Minnesota sports figures um, do that. So that's that's what I did. That's how the hunt down started. Uh, Rand asked me, basically. Became a regular feature. One of the most popular features in Randball One of the most popular, at least, yeah, because, yeah, I saw some of the stats way back, you know, when it started. And then, like, he said, you, these, some of these are really popular. <laughs> they all tend to, um, the one, I know one really popular one is I think I did one on Joe Maurer's girlfriend before his wife. Because she was, oh, yeah. like, Miss, like, one of the Miss Miss USA finalists. or something like that. Something like that, yeah. So people, and since the internet is populated by sad jerks who you know do things yeah, self like sports themselves. um exactly um so they saw a pretty girl and that's why they clicked so <laughs> that anyway, was anyway uh, always, always a proven winner on the internet yes it's not wrong uh so yeah that's uh um that's where that started yep and this was also how you chose your chosen twitter sobriquet so to speak Yes, yes, Randball. Um, we kept getting our comments deleted because we kept making really funny jokes 
that the moderators the funnier, didn't understand. The funnier they were, the more likely they were to get deleted. If it got because, voted up yeah. a number of times, it was a clear candidate to be chopped. Exactly. Exactly. It was about to get spiked because it made fun of like Miles Lord or something like that or the Met <laughs> Council. Um, so um, he moved us all over and said, hey, you know, this new social media thing called Twitter, if what I like maybe take the conversation over there sometimes. We can all like and point back to it from from you know the from that site or from point over to the to the columns and whatever or the posts. So and the stew was already taken, S T U. This was still mm-hmm. at the fairly early stage. I think you could have gotten your first name if you really wanted it if you had a less common one. Yep. Um so but he's like I started like December two thousand eight, I wanna say. Um I think there were a stew. number of us who started right about the same time there. Yeah, so um that's why uh, I have Randball stews because, well, this isn't going to last, so I'm just going to take my name from TV's Frank, which was the name of a character on Mystery Science Theater 3000. <laughs> so, because this isn't going to last, no one's going to remember this, yep. and uh, I made my name Randball's stew. This is there, ephemeral. And, uh, this is fleeting. And I and... exactly, and I never, there's no way I'm going to have to explain this to the owner of Surly Brewing in 2017. <laughs> That's simply not going to happen. So <laughs> that uh, is tremendous. Yeah, and I'm not. And it's just, I mean, unless you know, it's there's some compelling reason to change it. There's, I'm not going to change it now. It just doesn't make any sense. There's really That's... no sense in changing it now. No, I mean, you can put your own name in the other part of your, you know, handle. So if you, and I've had Steve Newman there before. I just have Stu now because I was using a pun before, I think. So um, there's no, I'm never, and I mean, I, I I owe this whole like second career of mine to Mike to begin. And that's not a joke. I mean, literally without Mike Rand letting me write for the blog, I am probably working at Target or something and not the good Target, the the target where you break your back putting boxes onto shelves and stuff like that. So. The red shirt target, not the suit and tie. The red target. shirt target. Right, right. I'm not going to be at the cool target down in Minneapolis. I'm working at the one in Grand Forks or something. So at, at the time, your writing career sort of taking off. At some point in there, you started writing for Twinkie Town as well, a job that you yes. continue to do today, making everyone yes. laugh on Fridays at Twinkie Town. That's uh, all at, I've got, yes. At, at that point, you were also working your nine to five, eight to four, eight to five job as well at mm-hmm. the at the Meyer Teleservices. I think was where it was, right? Right. What were you doing for those guys? I was an IT guy. I basically I, it's just it was basically just like data, you know, collection and making sure, you know, it was just the most. Trying to think of the best way to put. You remember friends the job Chandler had, right? That he couldn't really, that he really couldn't the trans, explain. The transponder. Exactly. It was that was basically my job. Right. So it was because I was not a true. I, I didn't go to school for IT. I mean, I just you know fell into it after college. Needed a job there, and that's what I did. And so, um, so this leads into I a question that. I've I've literally always wanted to ask you: How could you do <laughs> IT for all that time and still not be able to work a computer? Um, because I was, you know, good at, I was good at that, but not good at other <laughs> things. It was, a, it was basically a very specialized skill that I had. Right. It was a very unique set of skills, John. <laughs> I, I, so, I, yeah, you, you definitely have a set of skills. I, I think if anyone that knows you knows that you do have a very unique set of skills. Yes. So, um, and then just, the company went belly up and screwed you, as I recall. Uh, yeah, it wasn't the greatest thing. They, well, they, they, they were bankrupt. So, you know, that's, uh, it's, it's hard. And so, yeah, I, you know, I lost a fair amount of, you know, like, um, like, you know, vacation time that I had banked and, um, there was an ESOP. So I lost some of that as well. Right. So that was, that was, that was awesome. I, you really (laughs) like to lose that amount of money when you're, you know, in your forties. That's, that's great. That's how you want to do it. Things. But it did so sort of a bummer. It did sort of launch your quote unquote second career. Yeah, it absolutely did. So I mean by that I mean I I had I had been looking around. I think that 
the writing was on the wall at Meyer. So I, I had been looking around a little bit, but obviously when there's no job, it's much easier for you to look much harder, <laughs> right. much more intent. It does have than, a tendency um, to focus your mind, so to speak. It really does focus the mind. Um, especially when you have two kids that really does, you know, that's a, a very good mind focuser. Yep. So very sharp. Um, very sharp at that point. So yeah, um, I started looking and, MPR was looking for someone to do uh, some digital stuff, which, you know, was part of the unique skill set I had was the digital stuff that NPR wanted me to do. And so in addition to some writing for them as well. So um, that kind of fell into my lap. I was very fortunate to get that fairly quickly after I was the um, the company went under. So, And I think I'm right in I saying that. that part of what you got to write for at NPR was the much loved and now deceased wit show. Am I correct about that? Correct. Uh, and again, I was not like a main cog there, but, you know, John liked to, you know, throw me a couple ideas. I'd pitch him some jokes and they'd get used on the show. It was, you know, not that, definitely not a lot, but I mean, it was definitely, I was mentioned in the credits and as, which was nice. That was I cool. Got, as, as someone who's tried, but almost never succeeded to be funny, it seems like writing for wits is sort of like the, the Super Bowl around here. It's like writing. It was, it was cool. like the local Saturday Night Live. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was basically a Prairie Home Companion, and only I. The jokes were good. <laughs> the joke. The jokes um, made people who were either under sixty and not me laugh. Yeah, and I mean I know people who work on Prairie Home and they're awesome and stuff. It's just that's just that style of writing just isn't my cup. <laughs> the musicianship is fantastic. I, the especially the acts they've gotten since. Since Gary left, Gary Keeler, my buddy, um, Chris Thiele is a phenomenal musician, and they've been getting some really, really good acts. And I'm, there, there's there's some cool um, dudes there. But yeah, the writing is not my. Not the my funny thing. thing is, I I kind of feel bad admitting this, but I've I've loved Prairie Home Companion since I was a kid, and I still laugh at it. Even the yeah. even the the writing that is clearly meant for people who are seventy and older. I don't know if that just makes me an old person. I mean, I don't, I don't know what it says about me, but I, I will uh, yeah, say that yeah, I mean, it's, that writing I'm, for wits. Clearly, I mean, writing for wits felt like a, a bigger deal. Well, I mean, and again, it's your 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 prairie home is still on the air. So, I mean, <laughs> who's? I mean, there's that's that's all you really have to know about that. So, but yeah, it's not uh, just that's just never been my thing. Right. So, I don't know. Maybe people, I mean, I know Gary, Gary put his heart and soul into that and put NPR on the map. So that's job, Minnesota Gary. public radio, not national public Minnesota. Radio. Yeah. Not national. Not those Johnny come lately's at national public radio. No, no. Minnesota public. No radio. car talk here, people. Minnesota public nope. radio. That's where we're at. Correct. So you're writing for NPR. You, you, you sort of went through some tumultuous times there as well. And then oh, yeah. this Surly thing comes along. Yes. Is this the coolest job that exists? Um, I have been insanely fortunate um, in this second. God, I hate It's so pretentious to call it my second act. So I'm not going to do <laughs> nope, that. This is Stu's second um, act. That's the podcast title. The part, um, the, my sense of my career change. Let's, that sounds better. Um, I've been very fortunate because, yeah, the NPR gig was great, and I haven't done nothing. But it, with the obviously the exception of getting laid off for a little while, I didn't care for that very much. Um, but um, the actual job itself was great, and the people I worked with were just fantastic. And um, and now this basically, I, you know, I'm getting paid to write about beer. And, uh, that's just, I mean, it's an interest of mine, beer. And <laughs> this um, is, this is a passion of yours. It's, it's, it's very cool. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, I got the whole, you know, the whole connection here, of course, is that, um, my boss, Holly Manti, former sportive guest, um, is their marketing director. And I did a hunt down on Holly, which is actually how we met was after I wrote the hunt down on her. <laughs> <laughs> so, which is a slightly um, odd yet slightly fun thing yeah exactly and i met her at her going away party she went to work at uh she w was working at the x with the all the um with the wild and right. all the stuff going on there and then she took a job at flying dog out in maryland 
So I uh, met her there at her going away party and then kept in touch and uh, she came back here to work at Surly and they needed somebody to, I mean, it's a, it's a copywriting job, but my actual title I think is manager of words. Cause <laughs> that's wonderful. Um, that is wonderful. Is. Stu. Well, yeah. And I mean, I think the actual, I mean, people call it storytelling now instead of copywriting because storytelling sounds like, I don't know, floofier or something. Right. But so I went with manager of words instead. I like it. I like it a lot. So yeah. but I want you to tell a couple hunt down stories because we haven't told them enough. But first, for those of us who don't understand what copywriters actually do, give me some idea. Manager of words gets closer to it, actually, right? Yeah. Um, basically, I am the voice of Surly Brewing online in print, on their cans, on their 12 packs. And, uh, that's basically the, th- I, I'm, I'm the voice and I'm the filter. So that, I mean, I, what I write, I mean, I'm basically just whatever words you see associated with certainly I've either written or edited or like collaborated with, um, like our, our, um, artistic director. So that's when, that. when you're sort of serving as the voice, how much of that is you and how much of that is you trying to trying to be surly, if you see what I mean? Um, how much is Stu and how much is surly? Let's put it that way. Because pretty early on, there was something you wrote about Justin Davis and offering him uh, offering him beer for every goal he scores or something like that at surly. And I remember reading it and your name wasn't on it, but I was like, well, this is Stu. I this is obviously yeah, I mean, Stu. this is. There's stew I mean, all over this. I mean, it's it's a job. So, I mean, I do have to, like, you know, promote, you know, Surly's products. So, I mean, that part is Surly. But, I mean, I'm promoting it in the voice that I've developed, and that seems to be very complementary to what Surly wants to put out there. Right. So that's, I'd say, you know, 75-25. Right. You know, it's, it's me writing, you know, jokes around the content that they want to get out there. They want to know, they want you to know about the new beer and what it tastes like. And I, my job is to make that type of content interesting and readable for the audience. So I want to ask you this there, you say the voice that you've developed, how much of that do you think it's just your actual voice coming through and how much is it a conscious effort to sort of develop a voice or create a brand? I'm curious about that. Ah, it's just me. I mean, I'm generation generation X through and through. <laughs> so um, I just, you know, I'm jaded about everything and yet just, you know, cautiously optimistic that things will stop sucking at some point. But I know better than that. So right. I uh, that's then that's entirely, you know, that's that's me. That's. That's what, and that's not artifice. That is, you can ask, and you can ask my long-suffering wife if that's really <laughs> that me or not. So, um, it's just, it's I'm surly. <laughs> you, you are, you are surly, Stu. I, I, I want to ask, so, I want to ask you this too. At the game, at the soccer game, there was mm-hmm. they have they have the ads that run along the facade of the stadium. They. I, I don't know what they call them. They're, they're those little scoreboards that usually they have the time of the game and statistics or something or out-of-town scores displayed mm-hmm. on, but sometimes they run ads. And there was one for Surly mm-hmm. that said, Surly, does anybody even read these? Did you write that? Actually, no, that one wasn't mine. That's oh. um, the the aforementioned artistic director, Michael Berglund is his name. <laughs> um, and he's like, he's the guy who I send a copy to and then he makes pretty pictures and right. just does an amazing job on them. If you ever like, if you ever like some of our newer cans, like the overrated and the extra citra, I mean, guy's just a genius for that stuff. And that was one that he pitched. And um, I, I pitched about. There's gonna be like a new one at each game, and I pitched about. My list is like 50 lines long of just. I mean, don't use your hands. I know it's gonna be one that gets <laughs> used there. Um, but it's just all non sequiturs because I mean, you can't it, since it's on campus. Right. Um, you can't like do a call to action like Coach Surly now available in section one seventeen. You can't do that. That's really against. Yeah, you can't. And I wow. don't know if I'm supposed to be saying that, but I'm pretty sure that's. Well, of, but we're a, we're we're a partner and we're an advertiser, but we can't tell people to drink our beer. So because it's campus. I mean, if this was at 
the new stadium in Midway, I, I assume we'd be able to do the call to action, but right. we can't do that. So we have to, be, I mean, this actually was, which was kind of nice. Cause then we could just, you know, get it does, weird. It does give you sort of carte blanche to do whatever you want. Then yeah, we don't I have mean, to try so to sell we anything. Sh- we just have to exactly. be funny now. Yeah. I, I, there's, yeah, there's some really weird stuff in there. So hopefully a couple of those get through because I was pretty proud of some of them. I'm just, I'm um, hoping I know, one, I, and I know that one. Oh, yeah. Keep going. You want to give us any other previews? I'm suddenly I don't have, I don't have, I'm actually, I'm using a different laptop right now. I don't have <laughs> my work laptop on me in front of me, but it was, yeah, there was, yeah, got it. Oh, man, I wish I could. It, they have to be fairly short. There's only so much, you know, space you can work with. So they're all like, you know, somewhere between like four to eight words long. Right. But, you know, I was just, well, we're aware, we're aware of, you know, basic memes. I don't know. Stuff like that. Just, you know, weird, goofy. Weird is where you want to go. Weird. Yeah. We depth. There was no like, you know, and please enjoy responsibly. I mean, we do have to do that, I think, but right. We can't even do that because that would imply people were drinking, I think. So <laughs> you can't, you can't imply that this beer that's being advertised. You can't, is as, in our, any as, way our, as, our, as the logo for Surly is plastered on the scoreboard. <laughs> it's, it's like, I mean, I get, I understand, I understand. And I know I'm, I'm sending a daughter to college here in a couple of months and I understand the, the horrors of binge drinking and, you know, right. I, you know, but, um, yeah, so you went to St. Clouds, do we know you understand beans drinking? Oh yeah. I understand. Hey, just don't, don't beer before hard in the yard. If it rhymes, it's true. Yep. So. Rhyming, rhyming makes it true. All right. Before, before we end this, this stew time, I want a couple of hunt down stories because I think they're great. There is okay. one about a Vikings linebacker. What happened with that one? Uh, Jeff Brady. Um, let's see. I refer to him as old Swivelhead because that was the name he acquired on, on K-Fan, I believe. And he angrily wrote in to Michael Rand about that. Um, and it wasn't even, you know, I feel bad for Rand because he had to take the heat for me. But And I was just referencing, you know, what people were calling him. I didn't say I even endorsed it, even though it was absolutely true. He was not a good middle linebacker. Right. He was very good at, like, you know, turning around and, like, grabbing at the legs of a yep. – you know, like Curtis Enos was bolting past him. Chasing so, people was um, his, was very much his so yeah, speed he, as a linebacker. Right. And of course he is a, now he's a, a real estate guy in Florida. So he's probably in prison right now. Um, I would assume. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, that's, uh, he, but yeah, so Mike fielded a very angry call from Jeff Brady. And so. this one actually, I, I like this story because it involves me. Let's be honest. You wrote a hunt down mm-hmm. about Lisa Guerrero, which also led to a call. Yes. Yeah, and because she was in, um, well, she was in like a movie or something like that, wasn't she? Yeah, she's a former sideline reporter, married to former yeah. twins great Scott Erickson. Yes, and I found a movie she wrote, had uh, appeared in and uh, wrote about that, and then she called Rand like after like right the day it published, she like called. He was like working late, and she called. Either was it him or Ken Cha? I can't remember. <laughs> they got they got very little publicity for this movie, I think. And so, in the yeah. interest of doing any sort of publicity, um, the this post was published under Mike Grant's name, and I think mm-hmm. at that time, probably still, if you click through his name or whatever, you could find his phone number and call his Star mm-hmm. Tribune desk. I was yes. I was working as a as a prep sports copy person, basically taking calls mm-hmm. from coaches and getting box scores and stuff at the time. And I was sitting at Mike Rand's desk and the phone rang and I picked it up because that's what you had to do to get the box scores. And yeah. I hear, uh, hi, I'm looking for Michael Rand. This is Lisa Guerrero. <laughs> and it was. And, and you said, are you sure it's not Leroy Ostrander? What's the score <laughs> of the Leroy Ostrander game? <laughs> so it, it was one of those moments where I knew exactly what was happening and still couldn't quite believe mm-hmm. it was happening. So I took a message for Mike and he called her back the next day and got another Randwall post out of that. And that's how Stu yep. generates the content. It's content that builds on itself. Yeah. And, and that, yeah, the, that hunt down actually got reprinted in a couple other places. I don't think the LA, like the Los Angeles times picked it up even. <laughs> that's Which is just freaking crazy. Would you say that was the most successful of the hunt downs? Those two where Jeff Brady yelled I, at you and Lisa Guerrero got publicity for a movie out of it? I think so. And I think, oh, oh, Oh God! I can't remember who. Oh, I think Rashad McCants got mad at us too. Oh yeah, I think that's right. I forgot about, I forgot about old Rashad McCants getting angry about 
a hunt down that printed nothing about, but true about, facts about, about, about him. I, th- I think we just accurately pointed out yep. his stats as a, in his time as a Timberwolf, and it was nothing but a know. link to his basketball reference page, and he was just yeah. Furious big, about it. We linked to his basketball reference page, and then a link to his failed relationship with one of the Kardashian sisters. I think was the <laughs> and that was the end of it. And that was all. That's all you need to know about Rashad McCants, I think. Yep. And that's all you need to know about Stu as well. I felt like he got through that well, Stu. For an outstate Minnesotan yeah. who yeah. is uncomfortable about anything talking about himself, I thought you did very well there. Yeah, you know, I, I, I do my best. I just try to, you know, sometimes it's real. Sometimes it's raw. Sometimes and it's real raw. That, get your chili hot. All right. Um, yeah. The most important thing was that we extended this podcast past the 20 minute mark, which is where it was headed. We got a full hour, didn't we? Did so, we get a full hour? Yeah, uh, I think we did get a full hour. Well, that's good. That means that Wade yes, will not yell at us for not producing enough podcasts. Yes, and it'll probably, I, I assume you'll be able to get this published tonight, even maybe. People want to listen to it on their drive right. home. It's very, you know, this is one of the things about recording this podcast in the afternoon rather than our usual method of recording it in the middle of the night. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you guys manage it. You guys have children. I I don't know how you're well, not I'm, exhausted. I'm all. I was always exhausted when my ch- kids were your your kids is or Quinn's age. I mean, yep. it was just I was just a wreck of a man. But we, I was I had my kids younger because I'm older. Or That's wait true. a minute, that doesn't make any sense at you're all. 60, that makes no sense at all. You're 63 years old. <laughs> That's enough, dude. Talk. Uh, thanks for listening. If you got this far, congratulations. Congratulations. I, I'm sure next week we'll do one of these with Clarence where we, he reveals everything about you know oh, yeah. where he lives and what he does for work. Yeah. Yeah, everything yeah. about the rest of the faculty at St. Olaf and what they mm-hmm. get up to. Just sort of a, a inside St. Olaf Classics Department podcast. It would be awesome. I would I would listen to that podcast. I, I would listen to that podcast as well. And I only hope that it also involves he and Brandon screaming at each other about Carl Anthony Downs. <laughs> about Carl Anthony Downs. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll say goodbye. Say All goodbye, right. Stu. Uh, goodbye, Stu. And it's goodbye from me. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.